Hey everyone, this is Brian Wampler with another episode of the Chasing Tone Podcast. Podcast where we talk about guitars, amps, effects, as well as a healthy dose of tangent-based, off-topic discussions. Joining me today is, again, Blake Weiland, who, in case you don't know by now, he's a host of another guitar podcast called The Tone Mob, where he interviews a variety of different artists and creatives and uh, other, gear, other gear builders. So today we're going to discuss, uh, actually, quite a few things. This is fairly on topic today. We talk about uh, Strymon's new pedal. We talk about Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. We talk about lutes and genting with lutes and uh, pickups and all kinds of great stuff. So let's jump on in it. So we're a little bit late this week, Blake. I know, I know. We've 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 had uh, we've had quite the time. Let's <laughs> these last <laughs> these last week or so between the two of us, uh, especially you. But we're here, and that's, it's, that's uh, what matters. I need more. I need more. More time. I need more days in my week. I need an eight. I need an eight day week. That's what I need. I need that would like fix a, things. I need a forty eight hour day. I don't think that would help either, though. Um, I need a. I need an eight day week of forty eight hour days. How about that? I beat you. you. Oh man, I, so I topped you. <laughs> <laughs> but we're here now, and that's what matters. And if we if we would have recorded on time, we wouldn't have had this wonderful Strymon leak to talk about like we do now. That's exactly what I was going to say. It actually worked out for the best because now we can talk about the uh, the new Fractal Killer or the Helix Killer or Maybe. something. Possibly. Possibly. It's hard to so it's hard to know. So Strymon, you know, they have been teasing a pedal for a while and it's called the Iridium. And of course, anything that Strymon does at this point is big news in the gear industry because everyone's paying attention to what they're doing. And it turns out uh, somebody somewhere leaked an image of a pedal called the Iridium. And what you can see from the picture for, you know, people who haven't seen it is the name and it says amp and uh, IR cab. And then it's got across the bottom. You can read the controls, which are bass, middle, treble and room. But you can't read what any of the other controls are at the top. Um so, but you can also see a eighth inch headphone jack on the bottom side of the pedal, which is an interesting addition. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very curious what those toggle switches and the, uh, the two knobs do up top to like kind of round this whole thing out. Like, I don't know if this is something that's going to be updatable or fixed or I don't know, but it looks pretty cool. What are your, what are your thoughts on it, Mr. Wampler? Well, um, I actually, it's funny you mentioned it. I, I, um. I was doing some Googling and I found a gear page thread from October 14th of 2014, oh. 2014. That's wrong. 2019. Oh, Sorry. I was like, wow. That would be a long news. leak. <laughs> five, five years ago, they leaked this. <laughs> and then it never <laughs> <Sorry>. came out. <laughs> Although that has happened in this industry before things get released, but never <laughs> actually get released. Right. So apparently, apparently there's been little bits and pieces left here and there. I don't know if it was intentional or not. I have no idea. But October 14th of this year starts the speculation on what it was. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that are, we're trying to guess. 
then apparently, what was it yesterday on Tuesday on the 22nd? Um, there was some, a picture or two leaked. Yeah. All at the same time on multiple websites. Yeah. It seems kind of weird. I'm just saying. I mean, I have no idea, but it seems interestingly timed. I'm not one to make an assumption because you know what, uh, you know what that does, right? Of course. My grand, my grandpappy yeah. told me about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if I had to say, I'd say, um, if it wasn't, if it wasn't planned this way, then it was a, a good accident. Right. If it was <laughs> planned this way, then it was a, a very intelligent marketing accident, not accident, very intelligent marketing campaign. Rather. Yeah. I, I, I agree. And I don't have any, it doesn't hurt anybody, you know, to uh, look at that way, look at it that way either. It's a, it's a product launch. Everybody's trying to figure out how to, how to, you know, get people's attention. Getting people's attention is almost impossible these days for more than about three seconds. So the fact that you've listened this deep into the podcast already and are hearing these words is pretty amazing. So thank you for whoever is hearing this right now. Um, but it's hard so to get, get people excited about stuff. It just is. So on this gear page thread, I'm, tr- I'm trying to find the exact post because it's, you know, how whenever you quote on a forum, it just copies what someone else said. And yeah. Anyways, so apparently on post 568, I, I'm still looking for that to see who posted it. But apparently here's some of the marketing blurb that got, uh, you know, leaked out. It says, now there is a pedal that truly delivers the sound and feel of a world-class tube amp driving a perfectly matched speaker cabinet in a great sounding room. Iridium gives you three iconic amplifiers, nine impulse response speaker cabinets, and lush room ambience. With Iridium, it's a snap to dial in a direct tone that will truly inspire and sound great, whether you're monitoring through in-ears, floor wedges, reference monitors, or studio headphones. So it's uh, it's kind of like, sounds like sort of like the Torpedo, uh, not torpedo, but is that what it's called? The two notes. Uh, yeah, that's cap- what I'm thinking of. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is called torpedo something. They put torpedo on lots of stuff, but yes. Well, yeah, I think that's like the software is called torpedo remote or something like that. But um, so it's something to compete with that, I guess, right? Because it's a smaller phone. It's not. It's not a big floor. You know floorboard i guess you could say yeah it's not really like a a floorboard yeah it's not like a big multi-effects board it's a it's a normal small box strymon size pedal i guess we should have said that at the beginning it's a it's one of their small yeah sorry it's yeah so it's the same size as their smaller pedals the the dual buttoned pedal so same you know same size same knob count quarter kind of sort of looks like this seems to me more than the two notes it almost seems like now keep in mind that these these type of little boxes are not my specialty, but to me, it seems like it's uh, committing, uh, competing more with the GFI stuff, the Cabzius and the Cabzius mono, which kind of do some of that. I don't know. I think they do kind of the same, the same idea. So I'll be curious. I think so. But is it, isn't the Cabzius, isn't it? um, It's, it's not really an impulse response based emulator. Is it? I don't know. I, I thought that it was, I don't know the answer to that. I'd have to, I have to look at I like the new neighbor one's um, different. Like new neighbor one is not directly uh, IR based, although you can like, I guess m- like upload an IR and kind of manually adjust the, the program in there to match it. Uh, it's kind of a strange, strange way of that way. That one was explained to me, but it seems like more of that kind of thing, more of a compact pedal users 
amp in the box solution type of type of deal that rather versus than like a helix or a axe effects or whatever i think right yeah i'm trying to i don't i'm looking through the cabzius uh product page right now i don't see anywhere that says it's impulse response based which so that's kind of like a buzzword now so so basically you're doing you're doing cabinet emulation one, one of a few ways. You can do it in analog, which is like Tech 21, think of think of their cab sim or ADA, which is an older version of it, or Palmer. Um or you can do it in digital, which would be like a really super fancy EQ. That that would be like the new neighbor and possibly this cab Zeus, Zeus. <laughs> cab Zeus, I think maybe, but again, I, uh, I'm speculating on that. I just don't, I don't see anything about impulse responses. It just talks about how it's DSP based, but that, that can, that could go either way. That could mean it's a fancy EQ pedal, or it could mean that it's impulse response based. It's who knows. I mean, they, it could be impulse response based, but they don't, but maybe they don't have a way for you to put your own IRs into it. Therefore they don't really call it an IR loader. You know what I mean? So Right, it's hard, right, right. It's hard telling. I, so I, I really don't know. But yeah, I need. Sh- I should have probably did more research before I even said anything because I'm like scrolling through it too right now, and it's like it's saying some things on their website that could be. Again, we're talking about the GFI one. Uh, they're saying some things on the website that could mean, yes, it's a it's a IR that they developed, or it could be what you're saying. It's hard to say, it's hard to know. I do know though. Right. I, a couple, the couple guys I know that have one really like them. That's what I can say about that particular pedal. But uh, well, they are super handy. I mean, I pl- and I mean to be completely honest, I played a gig last Saturday, and um, I, I what I use, I used, I used my Marshall head, but I went through the torpedo. Oh crap! It's the um, oh, I forget what the name of it. Hang on, let me look. I'm not sure if Brian's looking on the internet or walking to the other side of his uh, no, shed. Right I had now. to walk to the other side of the room. It's the captor. I couldn't remember the, the name. So I was using the tor- the torpedo captor from two notes, which that basically just connects between the head and the cabinet. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I just, it's got a little cabinet simulation button like on or off. And I didn't bring any, like any other IR load or anything like that, but and it was an outside gig, so I knew my amp was going to be cranking anyways. I just needed something for the front house, and uh, so I just turned that cab sim on, and you know what? It it sounded just fine. For I mean, keep in mind it's an it's like we were playing an outdoor barbecue type of thing, so um, more of like a it wasn't a huge elaborate gig where everything needed to be mic'd up just perfect, right? Right. But for for what we were doing, it worked just fine. And that I think, I think on the on that uh, torpedo, I think it is, uh, or the captor. I think that actually is an analog cabinet simulated out on oh, that on that particular device. Um, because the idea is that you know you're probably gonna you're probably gonna use that to go into your DAW and and use impulse responses there, or you're gonna go into something else like their like their um, like their cab, which loads. IRs. So really it's it's really just an interface to get the sound of your amp out to something else. You gotcha. know what I mean? The, and it just happens like like the cabinet simulation is just like a secondary feature like and if you just need something in a pinch, here you go. Here's a switch it gives you something. Gotcha. 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 You know? 
Okay, so the two notes is even a little bit different than the Cabzius or the apparently what this Strymon is. To- it's totally yeah. The captor, anyways, is totally different. And um, I mean the but the tor- the uh, I can't speak. The two notes cab mm-hmm. is probably more similar to that because it is it is emulation of guitar amps and cabinets and using impulse responses um, cabinet emulation. So gotcha. Gotcha. it probably is more in line with that. That's very interesting. Plus, I, it has a really cool. There's oh, a cool software side that you can edit edit it as well. The two so notes does super handy. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. You can do a lot of things. Like you can move mics around, like in, in a digital space. You know. Um, so it's a lot of cool stuff. That's interesting. It's fun. It's a, it's a fun tool. It's a fun toy. The, I wonder what three classic amps means. I'm guessing that's like a Marshall, a Vox, and a Fender, but. Who knows? Surely. I mean, it has to be it, right? It would be weird if that was something else. <laughs> no, it's a Gorilla Amp, a Crate G40, and a, <laughs> and a Pig Nose. Yes. You know? <laughs> I, uh, I did a, a funny little experiment yesterday. I had a, a couple guys over, one of them being uh, uh, Paul Roney, who he's built a couple of my favorite guitars, and then a listener and community member and just good dude Danny Perez they came over and hung out in the shred shed yesterday but I played a little game with them where it was I like called I was like hey guess what amp this is and I had them turn around and I plugged into a, a particular amplifier and just started making noodles and went through the modes just real quick for them and Paul wasn't sure but Danny knew what it was because he used to have one and that was really funny but it was the crate uh XT 120R that I've talked about many times on this podcast yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a great amp it's a great amp and you can probably pick it up for like 60 bucks or 75 bucks i'm just constantly and you, shocked and, you could probably, it sounds. It, and it's pretty light too if i remember right is not it? this one no my, i got the i got uh, the uh, 120 water and it's it's got a big old transformer in it because it's only a one, it, 112 but it's heavy what am i thinking of they had one amp that was pretty high powered but it was super light and small I know, I know what you're talking about. It's that little mono block style. The block. little, yeah, the little. Yeah. It's a little amp, yeah. I can't remember what it's called. That was always that was always handy to have. This is before you know everyone else was doing solid state amps that you could throw in a gig bag, right? Mm-hmm. So that was a that was a cool little tool. In case your not in case your amp went down when your tube amp went down during the worst, you know, the worst possible <laughs> moment in a gig because it was going to happen. Like it's it's it's. Those moments always happen. It happened to me this weekend, dude. So I had I had checked everything. So the gig's like a thousand feet away from where my house is, right? It's one of my neighbors. Nice. And um, <laughs> so it was a super easy haul for me to get to the gig that, that day. Anyway, so I had checked everything out of the house. Like I hooked everything up. Everything was working fine. I literally put it in the back of my car, drove a thousand feet over to my neighbor's house, got it out, hooked it back up, and something somewhere stopped working. <laughs> the, the best I can narrow it down to was, was I think one of the cables went bad that I brought with me. So I couldn't run anything into the, uh, um, the effects loop with the amp. So, but of course this, this, this is like right before we're starting to play. Right. So I'm like, Oh, whatever. I'm just going to run to the front of the amp. It'll be fine. <laughs> of course and um that that stuff just does happen man there's no getting getting around it yeah i i think yeah. that 
for anybody, you know, even, even, you know, tone snobs like myself, like having a little solid state, something, I mean, even if it's just a, like electro harmonics, 44 Magnum or something, just so you can like produce sound yeah. still and not just let everyone down. Seems like a pretty good thing to just to have in your gig bag, <laughs> you know, type of deal, which I guess is the, uh, the probably the cheapest and most, you know, reductionist version of this whole Strymon thing that we we're talking about in the first place. Right. I, I've got a little quilter, I think, what's it called? Like a 45 or something like that. Maybe I forget, but it's the size of a pedal, just a little, yeah, just a little quilter, little solid steady amp that, uh, I'll, I'll throw in my bag just in case, mm-hmm. you know, just in case something happens and I need a power amp and, you, um, you never know that comes in pretty handy. That's right. I did, um, I got some new pickups. Well, um, I guess you'll see the video today, but okay. <laughs> I did a video, I did a video on it, but I got some new pickups in my Paul Reed Smith SE. Oh, you did. What'd you get? Um, I, yeah. Well, I got some Von Scow. So, uh, I don't know if you know who Von Scow is, but he makes pickups and he's done a lot of stuff. He, I think he used to do a lot of ant mods and things like that too. But, um, he, so I did a video maybe a year or two ago when I first got that SE about how I liked the way it felt, but I wasn't crazy about the pickups. Like they just kind of sounded flat and just a little bit dull. They just didn't really, they just sounded, I don't, I don't know what the right word is for it. It just didn't have like that bell, like sound that crispy high end. And it just seemed a little flat, I guess is the best way to put it. And uh, so when I did that video, Vaughn actually reached out to me and, and um, said that he he's done a lot of swaps in those type of guitars with a certain type of pickup that he makes and that, you know, people have, have loved him. So we talked a little bit more about it. I'm like, all right, man, yeah, I, I got to pick those up. So I got set, a set from him and uh, finally got around to, I've had them for a year now, I finally got around to putting them in my SE. And so I just kind of made a video out of it, kind of like a before and after. So here's the stock pickups versus here's the modified pickups. And it's not, you know, nothing against Paul or his company or anything like that, but man, it just makes that SE so much better. It's it's, it's so much better with those new pickups. Nice. I was really, really impressed with them. They're super good. I mean, just, um, they, they have that clarity that I love without, without getting, and I don't mean like a strat type clarity. They don't make it sound like a strat, but they give that big body and fullness that, you know, you kind of get from those guitars, but with the clarity on top that is just, it just sounds great, man. And it, and it feels good too. It's not a really high output pickup, which I don't like. So it, that's, that's really cool about it too. It just feels, um, doesn't really feel like anything else that I've picked up. It, probably the closest would be Tyler Larson of um, he's got a channel called Music Is Win on YouTube, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, I was at his house this summer during after Nam. Uh, I picked up one of his Paul Reed Smith guitars, and it it felt good. It sounded amazing. Sounded so good. And I'm like, man, I wish my SE. I wish I could get my SE to sound <laughs> anything like this. This is great. And I, I would say that this is a step in the right direction towards that. Now I'm I'm not gonna say, yeah, it turns a seven hundred dollar guitar into a six thousand dollar guitar. Like that's come on, that's not realistic. But it definitely makes it a heck of a lot better. 
Yeah. So. I wonder if like a, a harness upgrade or something would uh, would be the next kind of the next thing on that list. Yeah, I've thought about it. I replaced um I replaced the the capacitor on the tone pod as well. In fact, it came with the pickup. See, there was a recommendation that you replace that capacitor. So I did that. And uh, it's got a 500K pod in it. I didn't change the pod or anything. Um, the bridge, I mean, I'm sure the bridge and the nut make quite a bit of difference in those. So, I mean, usually I find that those make... Most people don't talk about changing nuts on guitars. But it really makes a dramatic difference in the sound of it. Because well, those yeah. are the two points that the, that the string's resting on, right? So it's resonating through that bridge and through that nut. And it's it's just it's such a huge difference just changing the nut type or changing the bridge type. It's just crazy how much difference that makes. Probably more than pickups, if I had to speculate. I won't, I won't go that eh, far. Yeah, I was like, I can't but go it that makes, far. It's big. I, I won't go that far, but it, but it does make a big difference like a pickup change. Yeah, yeah. I And, you know, it was really interesting this... The, the, yesterday what I was talking about when Paul came over because uh, Danny brought some of his Ronies and they're very specific guitars like they play very unique and there's not that many of them in the world so but my Oceana is like the number one guitar that I play all the time and Danny recently got an Oceana that was specced out sort of similar to mine except it was the solid body version and it was really funny to hear that neck pickup which is a is a Roadhouse Kingston, which is kind of an old Supro-ish type of thing that he but refined quite a bit. Um, and it was like same neck pickup, same body shape, similar body materials, like ever, and like made by the same person, like the very same hands. And it was like, this feels like my guitar, but not quite. And it sounds like my guitar, but not quite. It's, it was really, really interesting, but like, picking it up that neck and everything felt so familiar but it was it was interesting how the configuration changed uh the overall feel so dramatically because mine mine's kind of mine's mostly hollow and that was a solid body but like there's similar dimensions and thicknesses and all that so it was it was a really like weird back-to-back experience it was like this guitar feels like home and this one feels like my home in a slightly alternate dimension it was (laughs) (laughs) the virtual reality version of my home yeah it was really weird (laughs) and it's just because i played that guitar so much for so long to to find like it's as close to its twin as you're probably going to find and then playing that it was like wow this is it's amazing how much different these are um sonically and in feel even though the dimensions are the you know basically the same it's such a weird guitars are so weird they're such a weird (laughs) and guitarists are so weird I don't even know where I'm going with this. <laughs> that is, there is a lot of truth with that. Yes, we we are definitely weird. <laughs> we are so weird. So, so weird. Speaking of speaking of weirdness, so the um at the scare I'm at this weekend, the bass player um the bass player asked me he asked me to turn up. He's like, I can't hear you. And I got a chuckle and I asked him, I said, is that the first time you've ever asked a guitar player to turn up? And he's like, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's words the guitarist has never heard. Will you please turn up? <laughs> uh, yeah. Usually it's the opposite. No, no, no. It's like, hold on. I got to get this boost for my solo. No, don't do it. It's too loud already. He's going to do it. Trevor's going to do it. He's going to stomp on the lead boost. No, Trevor, don't do it. No. 
I don't know why I said Trevor. Uh, yep. <laughs> I, I, I was I was wondering who who this Trevor is that you have a, a intense hatred to. No, I don't have a I don't have any any animosity towards Trevors. I'm not sure where that uh, where that came from. Could have easily been uh, a Al or a Filbert or a Danny or a Felix. It or, could have been or anything. Chad. Could have been Chad. Chad, Mo- right? That's totally Maybe. a Chad. It's a Chad move. <laughs> it's a Chad move for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, this is the. Oh, this has oh, been so way too on topic for the first twenty minutes of a Chasing Tone episode. Uh, by the way, all right. Well, let's let's fix that right now. So last night, there, okay, let me back up. There is a place in my town called Sergeant Pepper's Chicken. Oh yes. Okay. okay. Um, of all things, they make chicken. You know, so it's kind of like. I don't know, maybe like a Kentucky Fried Chicken, but higher class. Okay, if there is such thing, not not higher class like the people in there, you know, snooty, nothing like that. Higher class, as in a little better. the uh, the quality The quality of food is 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 a little better. It's you know, just it's just a better version of fast food chicken. Anyways, that's not the point. The point is, it's called Sergeant Pepper's. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we we bring it home. We're sitting at the uh, the table, and um, I'm I'm making jokes, you know, just uh, talking about like a little help from my friends, and talking about Lucy, you know, up in the sky <laughs> with her diamonds and stuff like that. Um, talking about Mister Kite, and you, you know, th- basically songs off of the Beatles album called Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've heard of that. So record my lo- yeah. <laughs> so my wife at some point was like, what are you talking about? Like, you're just ca- <laughs> like making nonsense. You're totally speaking nonsense. And I was like, honey, the Beatles. She's like, what about them? I'm like, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. She said, what? What, do you, what is Sergeant Pepper's? What are you talking about? Oh, man. I said, That's the so Beatles crazy. album. I said, the Beatles album and the song, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. She's like, I've never heard of that in my entire life. So at this point, I'm I, I'm double handed face palming, right? Yes. And I so I think I think it's my son. And I'm like, son, have you heard of this album from, from the Beatles, right? And he's like, no, you're a freak. I have no idea what you're talking about. What? So I'm like, oh, I have failed my family. How could I have not have taught you this? Oh <laughs> like, how, man. How could how could that this not be just how could you just not know it's one of the best albums of all time? Like I mean, how to, you know what I mean? Like, I can understand. I, like, I can understand. Let me see if I can process this information. I can understand. Like, looking at that album's cover and reading it and being like, "Hmm, I'm not sure if that's for me," and kind of moving on. I could, I could understand that reaction. But like, after a few years because that was my initial reaction the very very first time I ever heard about it I was really young I was like 10 or so and I was like nah that looks like a weird thing that I'm not probably that into you know but eventually you hear that term enough times and you hear these references that you're making enough times that you have to dig in and figure out what's going on I would think but apparently somehow this just blew right by the Wampler household Apparently so, and even my comment of you know, if we're talking about how you know, let's say I'm not going to need 
anything else to eat tonight because I'm so full. And I'm like, yeah, until I'm 64. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They they didn't find any humor in that at all. I don't, I mean. Now, granted, that's not that funny, but like the idea was that I was, you know, it's Sergeant Pepper's Chicken Lonely Hearts Club Band. Anyways, that would, that would be such a strange. I I, a, I, I feel for you because I would I'm feel a, very strange. Failure as a father. Yeah. F- failure. Failure as as a as a dad and a husband, and yeah. uh, not Espe- not teaching my kids that. Especially one that is you know, fairly involved and entrenched in you know, music and rock and roll and <laughs> things related to making music <laughs> and and list. This is just hard for me to process, Brian. I'll be honest. <laughs> Tell you what, we'll 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 get you. We're gonna get you of some vinyl records. We're gonna we're gonna take your whole family back to the seventies and the sixties for just a weekend, so they can know a bunch of these reference points. Next thing you're gonna tell me, they don't know like Ozzy Osbourne or Black Sabbath or something, and and Led Zeppelin's got to be out of the question. Then I don't know what's going on over there. It sounds like chaos. I, uh, apparently, we need to have a uh, family weekend where we just sit down. And we go through all the, um, you know, all the top albums that really form a guitar player's life, you know, as a mm-hmm. player. And apparently, that's what we need to do: just sit down and just map it all out. And say, all right, let's let's start here in in the '60s or whatever, and let's work our way up. You know, that's what needs to happen. I yeah. Think. Yep. I think that's that's uh, the thing. I feel like I feel like a good starting point. At least, yeah. I mean, you could go, you could go so so far back, but a good, I think, a good starting point for people who, uh, you know, are talking just talking about rock music specifically. Be like, start with Robert Johnson and move forward, and uh, there's a lot to lot to absorb there, basically. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you got to go back earlier than that, don't you? To back I, well, to the the blues days. Well, I actually had this is going to be slightly funny, but when I was uh, in, in my brief stint in technical college. Uh, they they had all these requirements, you know, for us to to take classes and all this stuff. And one of my options that counted towards a credit for for my uh, technical degree was history of rock. And uh, you know, I took that was like, oh, pff, easy a, this is gonna be great. But that is where they started was with Robert Johnson, and I always thought that was a pretty good place when you're talking about rock music specifically would be him. Even though he's a I don't blue, know, there he's a blues some, uh... guys, but. You know, there's some good shredders in the 1800s, though, that were just uh, tearing it up. You know, I'm sure there were. I wish we could hear some of that stuff. That would be so cool. (laughs) I'm sure there's guys just out there just ripping it up on the loot, just killing it. And we'll we'll just never, (laughs) ever be able to hear it. You know, there were like the chicken picking on the loot, you know? (laughs) Oh, I guarantee you there was some guy just shredding faces off. Like, I mean, we don't. there's no way that there wasn't. (laughs) <laughs> I wonder what the, I wonder what the doom what the what the doom metal comparison would be on on the area on the uh, realm of the flute. You know what if you're if you're that type of player, what are you playing on the lute? Well, you got to ever wonder that you got to drop tune your lute to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> drop, drop tune or drop tuning this lute down. <laughs> they hadn't figured out scale lengths at that point. They didn't realize that it was going to be challenging. Wonder if instead of calling it genting, wonder if they call it juting. Juting? You know? Juting on the loop. Juting? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Does it jute? I don't Does know. Does it jute? 
Is it jute? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like there probably wasn't any oh. doom metal because they were basically living in doom and and frustration and uh, death and the Black Plague and stuff. So maybe they didn't need it. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying. <laughs> well, then there had there has to be different genres of stuff, right? Even even back then, when you're uh, when when you're tearing up the loot and all of its thirty frets or whatever it has. I don't, I don't know, know anything about loots. <laughs> <laughs> let's just 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 look that up. Let's talk about lo- loot Wikipedia because uh, this is totally relevant. It's to- well, I mean, it's not not relevant. It is a stringed oh, instrument. Well, okay, you know, so, so it is fretted or unfretted. I was unsure if it had frets or not. Okay. So apparently it can be fretted. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, that's construction. We don't care about that. Uh, from middle age. Uh, nope. Nope. Loot in the modern world. I guess we still have some people tearing up the loot. Oh, man. Maybe we can apparently find the Eddie still. Van Halen of loots. Maybe we can find him. That's what I'm saying. We need to make loot pedals. You Specifically know? for loot surely, so, surely there's an electric loot. Let's let's check that one out next. An electric electric loot. Does it exist? Is there? There it does exist. Oh, okay. It now does I exist. This is the negative side of us not being in the same room. Is now we both have to Google. <laughs> we had just a screen that Jamie could throw it up on there for us. We'd be fine. But uh, that's that's exactly what we need. I, if it makes you feel better, I I uh, googled for electric loot pedals, and no one's doing that yet. Oh, so, I think you're in business. Hey, look at that. Hey, that looks I, like fun. Maybe I, I think I, I, th- I think we found a new niche, you know? There it is. It's electric. Forget this guitar stuff. From specimen products. Is that what you're looking at? Oh, no. The- specimen products. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Oh, that thing looks fun. Maybe I do want to play a loop. Yeah. It actually looks pretty cool. It does look super cool. This is specimenproducts.com. Oh, the Chicago School of Guitar Making. Interesting. I wonder if this is like a like a school project type of build, like where students build it. That would make some sense for a guitar stool, school to start with a lute, wouldn't it? Um, sure. I mean, there's a lot of strings on it, though. It seems like it'd be more, less complicated to make a bass. Well, that's true. I don't know. It's yeah. got hip shot tuners on it. It looks legit. Oh, and that bridge is all custom. Oh, people got to Google this. This thing looks awesome. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, this is. <laughs> this is a pretty cool thing. I can I can see my next videos coming up. Yeah, uh, I was going to demo this on the guitar, but I think today we're going to stick with the electric loot. I mean, I'm looking at this <laughs> thing going there. You might be able to squeeze some some really crazy sounds out of that. That's that's what I'm thinking. Run it through a bunch of fuzz pedals and some reverb. Oh oh man, I'm getting crazy. Oh, I'm getting excited. Now I need a loot. I found my new my next gas uh, acquisition is a loot, an electric loot. So, so Joel uh, from Chase Bliss, if you're out there listening, here's here's your next product to create the the loot looper. The loot looper. I don't know. The looper. I don't know. The the looter. The looter. Oh wait, no, that's that's not good. It's not a good idea. (laughs) So, anyways, yeah, that's interesting that that's still a thing. So, just when people say that uh, electric guitar is dead. If the electric loot isn't dead, the loot in general isn't dead. The electric guitar is not going anywhere for a while. We got another five or ten years. Yeah, I think. We, yeah, well, we can confidently say we'll be around for another five, five to six, maybe seven years. We'll, we can squeeze that out of it. 
Good we'll time. We'll make it work. <laughs> what else we got? All right. Well, that's anything? Uh, we good? That's all, that's all I got for today. I, um, I got some more stuff. We'll, we'll hold that out for next week. Okay. Uh, sounds good. We'll call it call right. it good. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Chasing Tone Podcast. As always, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email me at podcast at wamplerpedals.com. I'll personally get your email. If you like this podcast, make sure to share it with your friends, bandmates, other friends, others into guitar podcasts. If you'd like to show your support for the show, the simplest and free way to do that is simply go to the iTunes store or your favorite podcast app and leave us a positive review. Also, you know, maybe... Check out some wamplerpedals.com. Check out some pedals there if, you, if you'd like us. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.